Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment. Black babies. (laughs) Nope. And we are live to tape on the W2M Network with the kickoff. Week 13, good evening, afternoon, whenever you're listening, everybody. I am your host. My name is Harry Broadhurst. Nice try, Teasley. <laughs> I, I, I popped Bisco. What's he kind of did. I think that was Eric, actually. Oh, uh, well, I popped Eric. Speaking of which, the whole cast of characters is here. The Down Since Day One co-host turned executive producer... Brandon Bishkabing. Hey, hey, hey. The executive producer turned co-host, Eric Watkins. You know, uh, the kickoff after dark is uh, already better than uh, Saturday's football after dark. (laughs) You'll have more to say about that later. Dun, dun, dun. Which one? (laughs) I I got to work that in early today. I'm happy. All right. And the chairman of the W2M Network, Jason Teasley. I'm more excited than an empty chair. I don't know. That empty chair got pretty excited sometimes. Oh, God. All the way over Division Three football. <laughs> and, 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 college basketball, <laughs> and college basketball tournaments that he did not follow up until the point of the tournament. <laughs> and Division Three women's basketball tournament live from Saskatchewan. <laughs> The only place that would give him a press pass. And, and, and a certain former uh, Tennessee head coach. <laughs> you know what? It's funny that you bring that up because I'm actually going to be talking about him in a little bit, too. So I guess you could say that that would be a segue. <laughs> Man, we're hitting all the high spots early on this one, aren't we? Yes, we it's are. For studs, studs. Eric, the lead like off. Saber Jr. <laughs> <laughs> Or Will Ospreay. That's a reference there. It's not <laughs> or, or Ricochet. Off the top of the war games. Eric, stud, go. Oh, uh, okay. Before I get completely lost in the <laughs> wilderness here, well, my particular stud had a, quite a. You would normally say most days a very memorable performance and that's quarterback rent stock skill of middle tennessee couple touchdowns in a big performance last game of the regular season middle tennessee taking on uab it was a 27 to 3 win at home against uab do you know his reward for that performance they I do. Go I, sizzler. They go and sizzler. 
I actually do know his reward for this, but I don't want to steal your thunder, so I'm going to go ahead and let you tell everybody. Because me and you yeah. were talking about this earlier in the week. Yes, he gets to do it all over again. Because Middle Tennessee is in the Conference USA Championship game. Winners of the East Division. Who won the West? UAB. Where is the game going to be? At Middle Tennessee State. So, yeah, if you're a believer in Groundhog Day, Deja Vu, Glitch in the Matrix, whatever you want to call it, here it is. Lather, rinse, repeat. Okay, A, I'm glad that you finally added the state at the end of the final time. B, it's Deja Vu all over again. Yes, it is. And of course, I had to say the full name like, once. Is that like Grey Poupon? Um, similar but distant. Jason <laughs> Stud. Stud is the great white hype known as Christian McCaffrey, who went off and showed why he is the future of the Carolina Panthers franchise. But sadly, they lost. That's all yeah, I have to think about that. Mc McCaffrey may be the future in Carolina, but Sebastian Janikowski is the now in Seattle. <laughs> Just like he was the past in Oakland. He mm -hmm. has two legs, and he knows how to use them. Knows how to use them. Thank, thank you for catching that. Thank See, you. It, it, it brings joy to my heart. <laughs> See, I, I tried to... Every now and then we'll throw a ZZ Top reference up there <laughs> just for shiggles. Go ahead, Braided. See, I try to uh, refrain from uh, players that or teams that have lost in my stud. So that's why um, there were there were a few quarterbacks who had better stats than this person, but ended up losing. Who did not get my stud for the week? But my stud is Kirk Cousins. Who this time they did not tie the Packers. They act, They got a pretty, well, not completely definitive win, but a decent win, 24-17, and he proceeded to throw 342 yards and three touchdowns in that win. Well, to Kirk Cousins' credit, he actually moved Minnesota up from the 6 to the 5 seed in the mm -hmm. NFC in the box as well. And got them closer to solidifying a playoff spot. They have that edge with the uh, tie now because they're what six four and one. Yes, I believe. So that kind of gives them the inside track towards that playoff spot. Since a lot of the teams in the NFC fighting over those final playoff spots are six and five right now. Exactly. That that tie is actually going to help them. I do believe the sixth seed in the NFC now is the aforementioned Seattle Seahawks. Mm -hmm. On the basis of their victory over Carolina, they have the head-to-head -head tiebreaker now on the Panthers. My stud for the week is going to be the Houston Texans. Eric, we saw NFL history on Sunday. Well, technically Monday. It is the first time an 0-3 team has won eight in a row in a season since. Bill O'Brien, who many thought his job security was in danger, has now jumped towards the front of the coach of the year talk, and the Texans have gone from dead last in the NFL to the number three seed in the AFC. 
And not to mention, this is a Texans team that's only getting stronger as the season progresses, and they're starting to get healthy once again, too. An honorable mention, Stud, to Demarius Randall. We will talk about why in just a little bit. So, um, dun, dun, dun. W- was there a certain person who uh, predicted the Texans were going to be the winners of the AFC South? I'm pretty sure that person stole it from somebody else. Nope. <laughs> nope. Be- no, because we all had different teams winning the AFC South, actually. I didn't yeah, say you stole it. I, 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 I'm not saying you stole it from us. I'm just saying since you, stole it, you stole it from somebody. We know you, Bisco, we know your team. You stole it from somebody. And let me just say, first of all, whoever picked Jacksonville to win it, that shows you, you should have listened to me when I said I don't have faith in this team whatsoever. Not to me, (laughs) there's a certain team in Indianapolis that they might not win the division with how hot the Texans are, but they've got some big battles coming up. Mm -hmm. One of which is coming up in, I think, two weeks, I do believe the next Houston-Indianapolis game is. All right, let's get back to the other side of things here. Let's move over to Duds, Eric. You know, there was a game that I was really looking forward to on Saturday right at noon I wasn't going to be hungover so it was a perfect time for me to watch just get rid of my frustrations and everything that would have happened that Friday night that game happened I was even more frustrated to the Michigan defense I, I, I get that Ohio State is a little bit dynamic on offense I understand that but How in seven hells do you, even on the road, give up 62 to them? This was a team that got blown out by Purdue. This was a team that Maryland took to the wire. You couldn't have done better than 62? Yeah, Michigan defense, all of y'all are my duds. A Maryland team who got absolutely shell shocked by Penn State this past Saturday. Well, they got ramrodded against Ohio State, but we won't talk about that anymore. We've covered that in a previous show. If you'd like to listen to that show, please go to our archives on W2M Network. <laughs> Available on Stitcher, Spreaker, Podbean, Castbox, iTunes, iHeartRadio, and Brandon, guess what? Spotify is here. We'll save the bit for later. <laughs> you're up for you're up for dud though, Brandon. Uh, my dud is kind of an interesting one. Mine, my, my dud is the whole division of both conferences, a certain division of both conferences in the NFL. That would be the North. All of the teams, other than the the uh, leaders and the. Uh, and the bottom dwellers, the teams that are fighting for playoff spots, proceeded to lose this week. The Bengals lose big to the Browns. Steelers lost to the Broncos. And the Packers lost to the Vikings. Yes, the Vikings are in it right now, but the Packers really needed this win much more than the Vikings did to keep their playoff hopes alive. The North... You gotta get your act together if you want more than just one team in the playoffs. 
Well, my response to that would be is in the NFC North, if Green Bay would have beaten Minnesota, it would have hurt both teams because then the two wild cards in the NFC would be Seattle true. and Dallas. True, true. Very true. So Minnesota actually beating Green Bay helps the NFC North's credibility. As far as Cincinnati and Pittsburgh go, I don't know what the hell they were doing <laughs> no. the past weekend. Jason Dud. My dad is a certain coach, well, former head coach, is the special assistant to the head coach <laughs> that is, um, that, that got fired from his head coaching job, goes a couple hundred miles down the road, takes a special okay. assistant to, to the head coach job. And then proceeds to get ramrodded by his former team. And their rookie quarterback throws so much shade, it's like a friggin' eclipse. <clears throat> yes, I'm talking about you, Mr. Hugh Jackson. Who got smoked by Baker Mayfield and the Browns this past week. And subsequently, I don't even know how to talk. Subsequently, has got roasted by Mayfield any chance that he has got so much that he went to give Baker Mayfield a hug and he kind of got the friendly hand dab like from that you would give a regrettable hookup that <laughs> you don't want nobody seeing you around. He got so. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you get the mo. I mean, Eric can Eric can vouch for me. You get the moped hand dab. You know what the moped hand dab is, right? Yeah, <laughs> fun to ride until your friends see you. Mm -hmm. Exactly. You know, you kind of get that awkward. Hey, why am I acknowledging you in public? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I've got a couple of those from girls. Okay, I, I'm not going to lie. Um, Beauty's only a light switch away in my case. Um, but, yeah, and Baker Mayfield has lit him up so much that he was actually taking, kind of not taking a stance of, at all and shying away from the coverage. So, yeah, you're done. I mean, the interim, like Harry pointed out off air, the interim coach has just as many wins as he did the entire time he was in Cleveland. Okay, so I mentioned an honorable shout-out stud to Demarius Randall, who may have committed the most savage act on an NFL field in history this past Sunday. Demarius Randall picked off Andy Dalton and proceeded to walk the ball over to Hugh Jackson and hand it to his former head coach. I freaking died laughing. <laughs> That's just cold as Oh, ice. yeah. It was beautiful. <laughs> Hugh Jackson said it was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. God, what the hell did I do? <laughs> slapped him on the helmet and then realized, wait, I don't coach him no more. <laughs> <laughs> S-A-V-A-G-E. Savage. 
All right, let's and not the Tom variety. I was going to make a Tom Savage joke and decided against it, Bisco. You suck. <laughs> anyway, back into the show here. Uh, my dud for the week are teams that were five and six going into week 13 of the college football season. So you guys know I keep kind of a running tally of the college football teams for my own rating systems. We've talked about it before off the air. I don't know if I've ever actually acknowledged this on the air. There were 20 two teams that went into this past weekend at five and six, needing a victory to become bowl eligible. And nine of them won. <laughs> one of the no- one of the notable ones that we actually are going to talk about that lost was Florida Atlantic. And the lane train has been parked in the station in early, dis- in early late November, not even early December. They didn't even make it to December this year after winning conference USA last year. No soup for you, Lane Kiffin. <laughs> uh, and to think, to cause even more of it, all of those, a lot of the cancellations and reschedulings, they're being made up amongst championship weekend, so you could see a couple more teams squeak in for bowl eligibility. That uh, there is one other team that still... There is one other team that has – I apologize here, Jason, but there is actually something to touch on with Eric's point there. There is one other 5-6 and six team that does have potential bowl eligibility on the line this weekend. It would be Virginia Tech. That was what I was going to talk about. Uh, I, I think it's a mistake that Marshall even took this game because cause they were playing the Marshall Thundering Herd if, you know, as a point of reference. Um the fact that Marshall even took this game is ridiculous because it does nothing. They have everything to lose literally in this game. They could get a decent bowl. They lose to Virginia tech that bowl that they could be in, which is being projected as the uh, Honolulu bowl or whatever, something in Hawaii. Well, uh, then becomes a much less profitable bowl, which Virginia Tech could nudge them out of strictly on name value. So I, I think that that's kind of ridiculous. And how in the hell do you have more teams than you do bowls? I'm pretty sure there's like 4 billion bowls. Seriously. I mean, I think I think there's bowls that that shouldn't even exist. I think we sponsor a bowl. I don't know. I've got to check, <laughs> Sean, but I'm pretty sure that there's a W2M bowl somewhere. <laughs> it's it's being play it's being played at like a Division three college beside of a um, BW3s that the hurricane can't interrupt its shift. I'm going to explain real quick why Marshall's taking this game. And to quote Jerry Maguire, show me the money. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. The reason, that Marshall is, the reason that Marshall is taking this game, and I'm going to go into the specifics here because uh, Brandon was probably about to tirade, but the specifics are is that Marshall had a money-making game scheduled earlier in the year against South Carolina that got canceled because of the hurricane. This is an opportunity for them to make up the money that they would have gotten from South Carolina 
by going to Virginia Tech. Go mm-hmm. ahead, Brandon. I mean, come on. It, do, you, you know by now that that's all that really matters in college football. It, especially the fact that South Carolina is playing Akron. <laughs> Those darn zips. <laughs> to be zip fair, it, Akron... Zip it out. <laughs> to, be, to be fair, Akron probably could have beaten Nebraska this year, knowing what we know about Nebraska now. <laughs> Damn Scott Frost. Damn me having faith in him and my dumb ass. Yeah, I'm bitter. <laughs> we move on now and go to So That Happened. Jason, I'm going to let you start So That Happened because of the fact that you have the biggest breaking news from this week in college football as your selection. Wow, you, did you really have to phrase it like that as breaking news? <laughs> oh, okay, that might have been a choice of words. Well, everybody knows the historic past two years that UCF has experienced. I mean, it's been Cinderella-esque. It's been magical. Walt Disney would be proud. And then life sets in, and their starting quarterback, Mackenzie Milton, had one of the most disgusting stomach-turning breaks that I've ever seen. I mean, I I would definitely put it up there with the thousand break that we talked about last year. Last last show. Yeah, it was last show. Um, but, I mean, this break, it's already, everybody's already been talking. His career's over. Simply because if you remember, I don't know if it was last year or year before last, uh, tight end for the Bears, Zach Miller, suffered a leg injury where a blood clot formed and it was... He was very touch and go, and potentially either going to face amputation or could possibly die. This was a similar situation, but luckily, by you know everybody's Facebook page, their thoughts and prayers reach reach this young gentleman, and blood has been restored, and he is not completely out of the clear, but he is trending that way. So. With that being said, not to make light of the situation like I normally do, we hope a speedy recovery and that this kid can ha- can have a a future unhampered. I'm actually curious as to what his degree is in and what he's studying. I'm going to say it's probably not physical therapy. <laughs> The problem for Mackenzie Melton here, and Brandon has been one of the biggest proponents of UCF on this show since we lost last year because he's kind of the voice of the group of five on this show. The problem with McKen- the problem with an injury like this to Mackenzie Milton is, is that everything that Mil- Milton sacrificed for UCF has been in vain. They had the Cinderella season the last last year where they went to the Peach Bowl and took down SEC powerhouse Auburn. He had the 10-0, now 11-0 season going this year as they move into the American Athletic Championship game against Memphis this weekend. But the only thing that anybody's going to remember from this year for UCF is the injury that McKenzie Milton suffered, not anything to do with what happens against Memphis this Saturday 
not anything to do with where they end up landing in their bowl affiliation after the game on Saturday. Brandon, you've been kind of the voice of the group of five here. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, it's really disappointing. Um, and, you know, and that's that's the thing. Like, you know, like like you just said, you know, yeah, it's a great story and everything, but really, you know, what was this injury for? You know, what is what are the group of five really playing for? Um, bad injuries, apparently. Exactly. Yeah, they get injured and don't get anything for it. This reminds me of a small Texas high school and a great running back named Booby Mouse. I don't know. But they wound up getting to the state semifinals. Exactly. They could play in a playoff and compete. Yes, I reference Friday Night Lights. I have met Booby Miles. Booby Miles is a nice guy. I have spoke with him before. And there were some, while very poetic, but eh, a couple inaccuracies about how that (laughs) season ended for a couple that that movie was utter bullshit, according to Booby. Well, that actually, they had a doc. I saw a documentary about it with the, yeah, he's got a point, because there were a lot of things that turned out different, and Permian wasn't even the biggest story of that 88 season. <laughs> nope. Okay, we get back on track, Eric. STH. Well, speaking of football in the state of Texas, um, let's think about a perfect one. See, we knew what we were doing. <laughs> let's think back. Wasn't there a certain owner that said, if I remember correctly, we can't have the inmates running the prison? Asylum. I, know. I could have sworn his actual it, quote was. It might have Jerry Jones's might have been prison. No, it wasn't Jerry Jones. <laughs> well, if in that case, Jerry Jones in the inmates did run the prison because he had a bunch of convicts. <laughs> yeah, almost, that, for that, it's actually pretty, almost, pretty apt. <laughs> almost as many as a Miami, Florida hurricane team. Mm. Yeah, the only difference is we actually win consistently, <laughs> or we did. Oh back in that day. Poor poor Dallas. All right, go ahead and continue, Eric. But yes, uh, that right state, wrong team. Those words were uttered and subsequently apologized for by one Houston Texans owner, Bob McNair. Well, to him, the inmates have been running the prison, but they pretty much ran him off the earth as he passed away just a few short days ago. Normally in this case, I would say you did great for the franchise. You brought an expansion team to decent heights in the NFL. But I normally I'd say rest in peace, but I'm just like, okay, teams better off without you. (laughs) 
Okay. A. Ow. <laughs> B. Ow. <laughs> C. I think there's a racial charge comment. <laughs> and I feel I feel threatened and offended by it. <laughs> I need I need my safe I need my safe space. <laughs> I want to be over here coloring pictures of kittens. <laughs> all y'all, all y'all millennial snowflakes, mad as hell. God damn! You right. hate me because I'm black. <laughs> all right, getting back on topic here, uh, Brandon. So that happened. Um, yeah, so I'm gonna go with a much more, uh, lighthearted story. Did Disco just drop a remix? What? <laughs> like your mic cracked. Oh, lovely. Well... I don't... <laughs> go ahead. Well, I'm bringing this back into the more lighthearted, uh, category. Um, do you guys know what the, uh, this week was the anniversary of? Well, you already told us in the group. I, I, I know I'm that. Really sure. F- fair enough. I will. I will steal your thoughts here. Go, go ahead, because you probably do it better than I do. Playoffs? <laughs> Talking about playoffs? <laughs> yes, this is the week, or this past week was the week of the infamous Jim Mora playoffs. We talking about playoffs? playoffs? And CBS ran a great uh, little video and, and interview with him about it, which apparently it was the first time he ever saw it. Uh, you know, he never watched it back, and it was uh, quite entertaining. But that that is one of the best... Um, is, is that the best all-time, um, like, comedy and just crazy uh, interview spot of all time? Or would you guys put uh, something else up there? I would put something else above it slightly just because of the tone deafness which was with which it was stated. Alan Iverson's we talking about practice. I was that's, gonna mention that one too. Say. That that's the other one that I would put up there. It, it, it's on the Mount Rushmore. There's Mora Iverson. You play to win the game, and you can't forget Dennis Green's We Are Who We Thought They Are Who We Thought They Were. Oh, yes. I forgot about that one. And we let him off the hook. I I forgot about that one. Another one that I would put up there as an honorable mention is T.O. He's my quarterback. That's my quarterback. (laughs) I, I I got one up there. Let, let me find out. Let me make sure the um, the. Uh, okay, while Jason's the, the searching whatever it is that Jason's searching for, yeah. I'll go ahead and get into my show that happened. What, uh, what about the rant of uh, that the Texas Tech quarter? Uh, oh, I'm a man. I'm forty. <laughs> that was Oklahoma yeah. State. But yeah, that was Mike Gundy. <laughs> yes. That was my forty. I'm forty. I'm a man. I'm a man. I'm forty. That that is another one that I would put on the Rushmore. All right, Eric. So you know how we're always encouraging us to talk about things other than the NFL and college football here on the kickoff. Uh huh. 
because you constantly try to drag CFL discussion on air? Well, well I'm, I'm going to say constantly. It's just, you know, the past couple of weeks, there, there's been entertainment and then subsequent disappointment that makes me want to punch things and wish bad things on people. No, I'm still not bitter. Wait, what? <laughs> Greetings and salutations from the kickoff to Bo Levi Mitchell. Anyway. Greetings and salutations, my black ass. You come down here to Jacksonville and you suffer. You really see how it is, damn it. You couldn't oh, God. you now, could you? That's the first time Eric's got me to pop like that. Oh, God. Oh, God, that was great. Let's talk the Alliance of American Football, shall we, Mr. Watkins? Ooh, we're we going to mention uh, the head ball coach in the Orlando Apollos? We're going to mention the actual first ever quarterback draft that they just held on CBS Sports Network last night. Damn it, I actually meant to DVR that. Mm, and there were some very interesting names selected in this quarterback draft. Shall I run down some of them for you? I know Aaron Murray was one of them. Aaron Murray of Georgia to the Atlanta Legends. The Memphis Express took three different quarterbacks we've talked about on this show before. Christian Hackenberg from Penn State. Brandon Silvers from Troy. And Zach Mettenberger from LSU. And I, I, I knew Mettenberger was one of their early favorites. Because of those ties. A couple of other names that I think are interesting to point out here, one of which Eric is probably about to kill me for, is Scott Tolzien of Wisconsin. <laughs> I can't entirely get mad at him, though, because no, he did lead a tie. Yeah, he did lead a tie in the NFL, so I'm not terribly mad. Logan Woodside, who played at Toledo, and Austin Appleby, who played at Purdue. There are some other people who were selected in this draft. I'm actually looking over the full list in front of me. If you guys want me to, I can send it to you. In addition, I will send it to you, Brandon, so that way you can include it as part of the episode description for people okay. to go check out. But there are like there are some definite names that uh, fans of college football will recognize from their days in college football, even if it didn't necessarily translate to success in the NFL. Two other names that I find interesting here are Matt Sims of Tennessee. Yes, that Matt Sims. And hmm. Trevor Knight, who played at Texas A&M. So, like, there's some higher-level college football talent here who just for one reason or another didn't pan out in the NFL. I want to get your guys' thoughts here. Seeing some of the names that are announced here and knowing some of the people that are involved with the AAF. What is your interest level for this come February of next year? Me personally, I'm extremely interested. I am openly trying to make inroads because there's a team in Orlando seeing if I can wedge myself into broadcasting in some form. I mean, for what I say about football and what I say about spring that have come and gone, some that haven't even started, trying to be the next I really think the AAF is a one league that sat back, 
took time, organized themselves, even with the idea with this draft, they tied it to, okay, where did you last play in college? Or where did you last play in the NFL? We're going to find some way to tie that into locally one of our eight teams. And this is just the start of it. This is a league that could potentially go somewhere. I like how they did it, and I really want to see what the product is for this first season. What's going to be very interesting, next year is going to be one thing. First off, where are, like, what cities are these teams going to be in? Uh, Orlando, Atlanta, Memphis... Birmingham for the Eastern Conference. And then the West, it's Salt Lake City. Phoenix, San Antonio, and Denver. Okay, so no, with with only a few... Denver. With Hold only on, a few... Den- okay. Hold on, not Denver. Misquoted that. I don't think San Diego? San Diego, yeah, the fleet. You're right. So with only, what... Two exceptions, they're all in non-NFL uh, uh, cities? Mm-hmm. Yes, Atlanta, Atlanta and San Diego are the only cities that also have NFL franchises. Although, technically speaking, Arizona will be based out of Phoenix, which is kind of the home of the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, so, yeah, right well, the, the only two that area. will have it is Atlanta and Arizona. Right, mm-hmm. San Diego's in Los Angeles now. My, my you, you keep on forgetting this. Yeah, it's going to keep happening, too, I'm sure. Go ahead. Continue, um, Brandon. But considering that, I think it, it certainly is going to have some, some success uh, in the first season. But as we've seen in leagues, in leagues past, it seems like a lot of these non-NFL spring leagues, for whatever reason, have very short have very short shelf lives, where the first week, everyone is all gung-ho, ready for football again, and then by week two, it, you know, you see the bottom fall out. So it's going to be very interesting to see if they can keep a viewership going, for one, and also, on top of that, that's in the first season. If they can continue and they get into a second season... How will they stack up having to go head-to-head against another, I would dare say, more established league coming back? They're actually making an announcement about their first eight teams within the next week. Uh, The first one has been announced, actually. The first franchise for the new XFL will be in St. Louis. Jason, your thoughts on the AAF and the XFL here and kind of, once again, a excursion into non-NFL professional football here in North America. They didn't include the hoot owl, so fuck them. <laughs> okay, then. <laughs> Look, if I'm not mad about them not taking the buckets, surely you can mm-hmm. put this behind you. Well, I'm just saying that the Hoot Owls and the Buckets may end up in the XFL. <laughs> it could happen. Yeah. I'm, I'm in negotiation with Vince McMahon now to, to sell, the, sell my stock in the Hoot Owls franchise. 
And as a matter of fact, KFC has worked with the WWE before, so the Kentucky Buckets being a real thing in the XFL would not surprise me <laughs> at all. Sponsorship at- is right in front of them. You even got what the jerseys could look like thanks to the commercial. I mean, really, Vince, everything is on a platter for you. Mm-hmm. All right, Wait, let, let, me, let me point out something. You know, this is going to sound really bad. But have I just realized something. A very stereotypical thing. Eric, why is your favorite team the Kentucky Buckets from KFC? (laughs) (laughs) Look, in the words of Dave Chappelle, I don't eat fried chicken because I'm black. I eat fried chicken because it's delicious. I'm just saying that once and for all. Yes, just because. I happen to have a keen nose and can identify where it came from just on skull alone is entirely irrelevant to this conversation. Now, now I have a feeling that you're also sponsored by Purple Drink <laughs> and like some produce standoff or Route 4. Jason, all due First respect. All, we have to have a nice local produce stand in town. They don't know of me just yet because I don't go in there much, but I can be in talks with them. Second of all, even Purple Drink would come second to the fine people at (laughs) mybookie.ag. Yes, I don't care that they haven't returned my tweets yet. Damn it, I'm still a good customer, and I will still say you use promo code PAT to get a 50% deposit bonus on your first deposit. Limited time only. Let, let, let me let me just say one thing about the AAF before we move on, and and all leagues. Those uh, we need to move on. Moving <laughs> all all non NFL leagues moving forward. The big key is the drop in talent. Can they have competitive and and good football uh, to keep fans interested? Well, based on the based on the list of names that you see here, there are a lot of names that stand out here. There's actually even a former Miami of Florida Hurricane on this list here, Eric. Uh, one Stephen Morris. Ugh, that. Ugh. Okay, I guess Stephen Morris and Talented are mutually indisclusive. He was one of nine quarterbacks that we've had since Ken Dorsey for a reason. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> We're going to move on to buy or sell. You know what, Jason, since you constantly bitch about this, why don't we go ahead and let you go first? Yay! I'm number one. I'm number one. You've just opened Pandora's box, Harry. (laughs) He's back to picking third next week. Don't worry, Brandon. (laughs) NFL, college, or the combination question, Jason? Uh, I'm going to take the college question. Because I know what it is, and I'm boycotting one of the teams. I was worried that you might for that very reason. Buy or sell, regardless of what happens, if both teams win their conference championship games, Oklahoma goes to the college football playoff over Ohio State. I'm buying that twice on Sunday with a coupon. Because they have the better strength of schedule. They have the better uh, quality of wins. And honestly, I think they're the better team. I think 
the Michigan game with Ohio State wasn't talent. It was more robbery, like we talked about earlier. I said you can never count a robbery game out of anything. Ohio State proved that because they was them in Michigan. Michigan was favored. Ohio State kind of said, uh-uh, we're going, we're going to race that. So I'm going to buy. I think Oklahoma goes. And and actually, if Oklahoma goes and they get matched up against Bama, I think they give Bama everything they ask for because Bama will not be used to that style of Big 12 offense. Eric, we go to you. Buy or sell if both Ohio State and Oklahoma hold serve in their conference championship game, Boomer goes to the CFP. I'm going to buy, and I'm just going to say one word, Purdue. You don't lose by damn near 30 to Purdue. In the fourth quarter. <laughs> to Purdue and get into the playoff. Now, you can say what you want about the Big 12, but for pretty much every game, some form or fashion, they haven't always been wins, but Oklahoma has stepped up. They've been in it every time. And yes, you look at Clemson and what they did with Deshaun Watson. Nick Saban does not know how to crack the code of a quarterback like Kyle Murray. He doesn't. So if I'm looking at this, and I'm looking at it either as a fan or as a member of the committee, I want an interest in 1-4 matchup. I go with Oklahoma against Alabama. Yeah, the tide just might roll, but like Jason said, with that Big 12 offense and that Big 12-style quarterback, Alabama's going to have to earn everything, and who knows, Oklahoma may pull off an upset. It's doable. See, this is under the assumption that oh, that Alabama gets by Georgia this Saturday as well. Brandon? Mm-hmm. Well, that's what I was going to bring up. I, I'm going to sell this because there's a lot of caveats that I feel need to be adhered to in order for Oklahoma to get in. For a cup, for a number of reasons. For one, the committee still doesn't exactly like the fact that the Big Twelve isn't, you know, isn't twelve. They don't like the fact that you know they don't have divisions. They want them to get another team. Secondly, as we saw last year, um, yeah, yes, Oklahoma's a big name. At, well, as we've seen the last couple of years, yes, Oklahoma's a big name, but if they had the choice between Oklahoma, Georgia, and Ohio State, I think they take Georgia or Ohio State ahead of them. Also, as we saw last year, they have no qualms about saying screw it and putting in two SEC teams. It The only way I think Oklahoma gets in is if they absolutely blow out uh, Texas, 
and Ohio State either loses or comes close to Northwestern, and the Alabama-Georgia game is a blowout. And and who's to say that Ohio State-Northwestern thing doesn't exactly happen? Question mark, question mark, dot, dot, stay tuned. Okay, I'm curious what the hell you're talking about, but... I know exactly what he's talking about. We'll get to it a little bit later on in the show, Brandon. Fair enough. See? Harry gets it. <laughs> I do I do believe we call that teeing something up for later. Fair enough. All right, let's continue on here. Um, I'm personally going to sell this, but for a different reason. We'll talk about later. Dot, dot, dot. Eric. NFL or combination question? I will take the NFL question. Buy or sell, unless Green Bay runs the table of its last five games to get to 9-6-1, Mike McCarthy's reign as the coach of the Green Bay Packers is finished. I'm going to buy that, and I'm even going to strengthen even if they do get to 9-6-1, and one, I think McCarthy is done. He is just not done much with this offense, even making anything dynamic around Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is completely tuned out. Yet, who has the bigger contract? Who gets the endorsements? Who's the one making the highlight plays to bail him out of trouble? That's Aaron Rodgers. Mike McCarthy is going to be one of these guys with this new wave of coaches that have come into the NFL. Your Shanahan's, your McVay's, your Matt Nagy's. He'll just be seen, and he's already starting to be seen instantly as one of those dinosaurs. It's not working with the team. It's not working with the franchise quarterback. The front office is pretty much already decided we would go with the quarterback and find a new coach. Other teams have done it with success, so his days are numbered. Brandon? Yeah, I'm going to also buy this um, because, yeah, like Eric said, I think especially now with there being so many younger coaches and new coaches that have come into the league and have been successful over the last couple of years, especially a name like Sean McVay, um, the Packers, especially now, uh, and as I'll put a quick caveat on this, as long as they have an idea of who they're going to try to go after. If they can see, okay, I see you know two or three or four guys that I'm willing to take a chance on, then, then they definitely do it because, like Eric said, you know they've just been very wishy-washy this year, and you know someone's got to take the rap for it. Jason, I'm going to sell this, and I think that he holds on to the job for at least one more season. Last year really can't be contributed to. Him, due to Rodgers going down with the injury, this year you have a healthy Rodgers, but I think they keep him on 
simply one more year. And I think they bring in at least one big free agent <clears throat> at running back, <clears throat> Le'Veon Bell, um, that basically makes it a, a um, all-or-nothing season next year before they start looking to outsource the job somewhere else. While I disagree with the Le'Veon Bell thing, I agree with the fact that I do think Mike McCarthy will be the coach of the Green Bay Packers next year. And the reason being is that his Super Bowl that he has entitles him to the bad season that he's having this year. Because as Jason said, last year wasn't entirely McCarthy's fault with Rodgers being in and out with injuries most, if not all, of the season. And I get that, but there's a time limit, or rather... There's a statute of limitations on that Super Bowl. That was way back in 2010. Even with, granted, yes, there has been a lot of Rodgers injuries. But even with Aaron Rodgers being healthy and playing since that time frame, it hasn't gone 100%. And it's slowly been getting worse. I mean, think about it. You've lost now, what, seven or eight, I think maybe ten straight road games? Mm -hmm. And these are under Aaron Rodgers starting. Something isn't clicking anymore. I think this is going to be a situation like the Giants with Coughlin, where it's not going to be an outright firing because of his history and because of the Super Bowl. It's going to be one of those things that they're going to gently entice him to either, you know, retire or, you know, quit or whatnot. All right, we move on, Brandon. Are you ready? Yep. All right, your mixed question is, buy or sell, it is easier for a coach to go from college to the NFL than it is to go to the from the NFL to college. I can't really say one way or the other because it all depends upon the team. If you go from a a mid-level mid-level, you know, college team to a powerhouse or, you know, high-end uh in terms of market uh NFL team, then it's much easier to go from college to the NFL. But if you go if you pull a Nick Saban, and go from, you know, a mid-level NFL team to the top of the class in college where you can get every recruit on the planet, then, of course, it goes, you know, it's easier to go from the NFL to college. So it all depends upon the team. Jason? I think it is harder to go from college to the NFL simply because in college you can slap kids around in the NFL. They're men and you don't slap them around. So he sells the conversation here. Eric, you wrap us up for buy or sell? I'm actually going to buy. It is easier to go from a college to the NFL simply because while, yes, you're dealing with men, it's a lot easier. You don't have to go around on all the recruiting trips. You don't have to sit and wait, get the edge for this player, that player, this and that. You can be involved with the front office, but that's mostly – their job to get you the team 
you can sit back a bit until it's actually time to start coaching everybody up. And now we pour one out for the homers. Well, Jason, it all came crashing down in Morgantown this past Friday. I don't know what you speak of. There was no game. Don't know what you're talking about. I was at the uh, Hootows game, and I enjoyed myself thoroughly. <sighs> Going to be one of those kind of episodes. Okay. But the Giants put on a good show until Jake from State Farm kicked a field goal and ruined our beat us again for the second straight year in a row. Yeah, I mean, last year it was from 61 yards. At least this year it was a little bit closer. When you lose I, still, those... I, still, I still hope he gets herpes or a malignant um, blood clot in his penis and he becomes a um, penisless NFL player that may take it in the ass. Hey, now, Unix can play in the NFL, too. <sighs> Brandon, let's try to get a more level-headed response to what happened between the Giants and Philadelphia this past Sunday. Um, yeah, Giants played well to start off and then crapped the bed at the end. It's what the Eagles do, apparently, although this was not at the Meadowlands, so it was not another miracle at the Meadowlands. Thank God. It was, however, a loss. Now you guys move forward and play the Bears this week. Ooh, boy. And, and, and now all those, those last two wins just come back to hurt us even more. I have the over. I have the margin of victory set at twenty for Chicago. Uh, I could see that. This is a motivated Bears team, and I would argue a disheartened Giants team. Jason, your thoughts? I'm going to go opposite. I'm going to pick the Giants by double digits because I think that they've got something to prove, and I just don't have a lot of faith in Trubisky who may or may not play against you guys, actually. You may end up still getting the backup for Chicago. Uh, I think it's Mike Glennon. Mm-hmm. Chase Daniel. It's oh, Chase, Chase Daniel. Daniel, that's right, the former Missouri Tiger. Okay. All right, Eric, you're up. You ready? Oh, kind of. Well, you know, we kind of teased it last week on the show, and damn if it didn't happen, your Hurricanes finally showed up. Whoop the do why now why so you can get in a marginally better bowl game why not you know at the beginning of the season or in the middle of the season when we had hope and we're fighting for the coastal division we let that slip to damn pittsburgh pittsburgh the same university that brought us nathan peterman no they're going to charlotte and we're not because we can't get a quarterback to save our life. <laughs> this is the same Pittsburgh team that uh, knocked you out of the playoffs last year, by the way. Two years ago. Oh, two years ago. No, that was last year. Was it last year? Oh, it was last year. It was Pan- It was Panthers, Tigers, Badgers in order, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. <sighs> that sound you just heard was Eric... Ha- that sound you just heard was Eric having a coronary. 
in the damn ketchup bottle stadium naughty. I, I'd like to say we're moving on to a happier topic, but hey, 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 oh, 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 let's go, Buffalo, let's go, Buffalo. From one bum-ass quarterback that wears number five to another, even bigger <laughs> bum-ass quarterback that wears number five. Who's now getting sad. <laughs> Go ahead, let him rant. Christ! Just, no! It was a whole bunch of no! And you didn't even do me the damn favor of hitting the other, or hitting the under either! And then what's Leonard Fournette do? Right after we have some semblance of something to where we have our heads out of our ass, there's a gigantic fight that happens! Doesn't have to just be in the corner of the end zone. Oh, no, that's not enough. You got to go and try to settle shit in the tunnel, too. Now what happened? Oh, you don't have to go through the misery of next week's game because you're suspended. And now you forfeit the rest of your guaranteed money for your contract. Oh, God. Let's see. We bench the starting quarterback. We fire our offensive coordinator. Supposedly, there's more firings and shakeups coming uh, at the end of the season, yeah. On behalf, on behalf of Buffalo Bills fans everywhere, good fucking riddance, Doug Marone. <laughs> Don't let the door hit you where the good Lord split you. It is, in, it is Indianapolis this week for you guys at home. You guys traditionally play the Colts tough at home, but this is an Indianapolis team that has won five in a row and is just barely on the outside looking into a wild card spot in the slot in the AFC. Uh, on a scale of one to ten, what do you think Jacksonville's chances are against Indianapolis this Sunday? Do I have to start at one? Can I go lower? I mean, hypothetically, I suppose. Uh, if I, we were doing a hypothetical, I would put it at the range of negative six, maybe negative eight. Considering the way that our defense is, I could go lower than that because, yeah, Andrew Luck's been sacked, what, once in the past month? This is an Indianapolis team firing on all cylinders right now. You could argue that Houston's the hottest team in the AFC. You could just as e easily argue that Indianapolis is right there behind them. And yet everyone laughed at me at the beginning of the season when I said, I was wrong. Andrew Luck would be back. Oh, no. Coming off this injury. Oh, no. You got Captain Comeback himself, Frank Reich. He did this in a college game. He did this in an NFL game. You that give him right. 16 of them, and you don't think he can pull something out? <laughs> All right, Eric, flip the script. Okay. A question. How does it feel you putting the final nail in the coffin to a terrible FSU team who has their first losing season since 76 and the first time they will miss a bowl game since 81? How do you feel knowing that you were that final catalyst? Fred Florida. 
first time they've missed a bowl game since Bobby Bowden's first season at Florida State. I want to take this opportunity to remind all those Florida State fans who were having fun at the Gators' expense a couple of years ago when we were 4-8. and eight. How does it feel? Not only did we go into Doak Walker Stadium, we whooped y'all's ass in Doak Walker Stadium. Now, here's the only thing that I actually do want to take, take time to talk about from this game here. And I want to give credit to our coach, Dan Mullen, for actually doing the classy thing and preventing Florida from doing what Florida State did in the swamp a couple of years ago. Do you remember the Florida State flag getting planted on the Gator, Eric? I remember. And also Baker Mayfield did that with the Oklahoma at the shoe, if I remember correctly. Florida Gator players were trying to plant the Florida flag on the Florida State logo at midfield. Dan Mullen cut off his post-game interview in order to stop his team from doing that. It was a class act by a class coach. Uh, I'll agree, and I will say this. The Florida players, they did well and they listened, but yeah... Had the shoe been on the foot and say that were Miami, you wouldn't have stopped us anyways. You would have crushed us the very next year, but we would have had those 30 seconds. Shall we move to the NFL? Well, I, I will ask you this question. Now that you've got your fighting out of your system... Now that you know that you can actually beat other crap teams as well as other good teams, do you think that beating a bum-ass quarterback could provide that extra boost to the rest of your season? I said before the season started, and I do believe I actually went officially on the record on the show with this prediction, that the Bills would be an 8-8 eight and eight team at best and probably a 6-10 and 10 team. Mm-hmm. Buffalo has its last five games against members of the of the AFC East. Two against Miami, two against the Jets, one against New England. If you're telling me that we can't win at least two of those games to get to six and ten, there's something significantly wrong with the process in Buffalo right now. We knew this year was going to be a rebuilding year, but realistically speaking, Six and ten, seven and nine are not out of the window. And if we can run the table on the Dolphins and Jets, a 500 finish would be perfectly acceptable for a team that is in a definite rebuild mode. Five hundred. I remember those days. I remember those days. Eric. Hmm. Get it together. See, I, I was a little bit torn in my get it together. I, I, I'm going to have explanations for both. But my main get it together is one that cut me a little bit closer to the quick and cost me five bucks. And I sat and watched a lot of this game. To my Ottawa Red Blacks, I still love you. 
your stadium at TD Place is one of the two places on the planet I would want my ashes spread when I die. That does not change. However, I've noticed a trend the last couple of years. Why is it that outside of the province of Ontario, you cannot beat the Calgary Stampeders and Bo Levi Mitchell? When you're playing at home in Ottawa, you win. And a couple of times you've tied. When you were playing the Grey Cup in Toronto, you beat them handily. It was a great game. It even went overtime, but you pulled it out. Here you are, beast of the East, 11-7. and seven. They're right in your sights. You know how to do it. Yet, you crap the bed your first three series. Then when you get a touchdown right before the half to get within three, you give up a return touchdown on the very next play. Uh, the coach, GM, everybody, you're awesome, but y'all really need to get it together. And with an honorable mention to Saturday night football, football after dark, UNLV with their biggest ever comeback, 23 points, or down 23 points to beat Nevada, Hawaii making me look good against San Diego State, LSU and Texas A&M, where another fight broke out. The highest scoring game in FBS history, seven overtimes. A&M runs a school record, almost 110 plays. Why can't y'all have those games when more people can watch? All y'all need to get it together. I feel like we've had this conversation about Pac-12 football earlier in the season that people are missing out on some really good games just because they start so damn late here on the East Coast. Yeah, well, well, the A&M-LSU game, that just ended late after five hours? Yeah, that one started at 7 p.m. It yeah. just ran until midnight. Yep. And Brandon. Yeah? Get it together. Uh, so I have a, uh, I actually have a repeat from last week. Because this team did not heed wait, my wait, warning. Wait, 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 stop, stop, stop. So you realize what this means, guys? He's stealing from himself. <laughs> this this team did not listen to me. They did not listen. So once again, Carolina Panthers, get it together. You had the Seahawks on the ropes. And you let them come back and win. And now you're squarely on the outside looking in. For the NFC playoff race. Way so, to go. So what you're telling me is that Ron Rivera should be saying, they are who we thought they were. Pretty much, yeah. We let them off the hook. Bisco just pulled a Bisco on Bisco. I don't think I can handle the sober. <laughs> Hashtag Brandon's going to Brandon. Jason, get it together. My get-it-togethers, uh, NFL referees during the Bills-Jags game letting a simple play escalate into almost a full-on brawl. Uh, simply, they could have just made the, uh, I think it was Moncrief, I can't remember who else was, uh, simply just let the ball go, so... 
Nothing escalated, but no, they just stood around with their heads up their asses and didn't really try to get control of the situation, and it escalated to what could have been a very ugly side of the sporting event. All right, my get it together is going to be a little bit more serious than I traditionally am on this show, so I'm going to try to use as many non-adult words as I can to describe the severity of what I'm about to say. To the Florida State fan who created, and the other Florida State fans who liked, shared, posted, tweeted, Instagrammed, Facebooked, FaceTimed, Skyped, whatever else, the meme for the Nike Stand for Something campaign with Willie Taggart getting lynched Get it together. The fuck is wrong with you people? There is no universe in which any of that iconography, iconography, iconography. Yep. Thank you, Eric. There is no universe in which any of that iconography is acceptable, let alone should be celebrated. The guy who originally posted it got fired. And rightfully so. Claim free, you can claim freedom of speech all you want to. No. Freedom of speech does not justify you from being a freaking hater. It does not justify you spreading hate speech. Freedom of speech is only guaranteed when it does not endanger the well-being and the lives of others. This dangers the well-being and the lives of people here. By the iconography... Iconography. Iconography. I, I cannot, no matter how hard I try, I cannot pronounce that word. Iconography. There it is. The iconography of Willie Taggart being lynched, an actual throwback to terrible, terrible times in this country. Florida State fan who created and other Florida State fans who shared and or appreciated that post you know what? Don't even get it together. Consider not being a part of the human race anymore. <laughs> All I gotta say is this, and yes, I am saying that even with the tragedy that happened several months ago in dealing with the hurricane, but there's still parts of the panhandle they feel like that. I could guess that that was a way of karma but let's see that happen again don't usually do this from a serious perspective we've done this from a joking perspective but I actually do want to do this from a serious perspective here Eric as a black man what are your thoughts on something like this going viral given again given the views of the people not directly in the city of Tallahassee the great college town, Mayor Andrew Gillum, very hard-fought campaign for governor. Great man, great politics, aside from everything. But those areas around Tallahassee and that panhandle, this is still very sadly prevalent. Given these kinds of pictures, given the kind of speech you have, even from major political representatives. Yes, Cindy Hyde-Smith, I am talking to you. 
I'm going to be nice and I'm really not going to go point of viewer style on you. Not tonight. But that will be coming. I, it gets to the point to where I can only say this is wrong or this is deplorable, but so much. Maybe it's because I've seen society now with the various protests, with all these things going on, with the division, with things going in some places subtly, but in some places speeding back towards the days of Jim Crow. I honestly wonder what even to think. Whenever I thought that we had come so far as a people, as our part of the human race, I'm bitch smacked in the face knowing that we haven't. And I wake up every day wondering if we really ever will. Because uh-huh. unfortunately, people come and go, time marches forward. But you can never kill an idea. That is both beautiful and terrifying. I am going to close this discussion with a simple phrase I have heard many times before. I don't care if you're white, black, brown, red, green, or otherwise. There is one word that describes all of us, and it is the word that we need to take most importantly. Human. Act like it. Uh Well said. Let's move on to a little bit more silliness this show is known for. Let's get to, are you serious? And as I mentioned in the group chat during the course of the week here, Eric, I hope you still, I I hope you uh, screenshotted those standings that I sent to you for this past week. Because God knows that hasn't happened this season. Man, I was like Baker Mayfield. I woke up dangerous as fuck with those picks. Here we go. <laughs> Eric actually won last week. He's still in the basement as far as the overall standings go. Although, don't look now. He now has as many straight-up correct winners as Jason does. Yay, yay. On an unrelated note, although possibly related, thanks to your beloved New York Giants, Bizco, we are now tied for straight up and against the spread victories. They had to blow it. They had to freaking blow it. But look at the bright side. You got the cover, at least, which tied us for the ATS. True, true, but now I'm tied with you on both fronts. You are, and I have a better tiebreaker. My plus-minus differential is better than yours. So technically, I'm still in first place. (sighs) Let's hope the next couple of weeks I can rebound. All right, so speaking of the next couple of weeks, segway For this week in college football, what we're going to do is each of us is going to pick, regardless of point spread, the underdog that we think has the best chance in the Power 5 championship games for those of you tracking along at home that will be utah against washington texas against oklahoma georgia against alabama pittsburgh against clemson 
or Northwestern against Ohio State. Were you about to say Nebraska? I almost did say Nebraska, yes. That that did happen. (laughs) They're not even anywhere close. The NFL, are you serious, will still be the five-point-plus underdog that we have the most faith in. Starting next week, we will predict the Army-Navy game but we return to our format from last year of both an upset and our lead pipe lock. The plus five or more team that we think will cover, the plus five or more team that we guarantee will win and cover. That comes next week. For this week, though, college football is still around, and it is championship weekend here going towards the CFP. Brandon, you kick us off. Which team do you think has the best chance to pull an upset in their respective college championship game? I was tempted to go with Georgia, but I think, Harry, you're going to like this one because he was your coach of the year. I'm going with the Wildcats over the Buckeyes. That was that was Eric, oh, that was that Eric who picked, picked uh, and Pat Fitzgerald. I agreed with you. I picked uh, oh right, Brian and, Kelly and Eric. There you go, Eric. Oh, that I, I'm going to say this now. If they at least make this respectable, Clayton Thorson, Pat Fitzgerald. And everybody from Evanston, Illinois, I want you to hear this. If you can give that smog, fake heart attack having, wife-beaten hired Urban Meyer a game and hand them an L, you will permanently be, in my eyes, a football school. That's all you have to do. That's it. Ironically enough, Eric, you kind of teased this earlier in the show, and now's your time to deliver it. I think Brandon may have just stole your thunder, though. Not exactly. That's why I said I was torn in between two. And this gives me the freedom to have my cake and eat it, too. Because while I'm at my holiday party with my plus one, hopefully setting up some later shenanigans... Maybe see if I can break out the video camera again. Who knows? Stay tuned. Film at 11 if I play my cards right. God, we hope not. <laughs> I, I, I get to sit and say, hey, how's Northwestern doing? Are they putting together that humiliation to Ohio State like they have the rest of the Big Ten? And for my pick... I get to go farther west to the land of tech, Santa Clara, where wow, I was a little bit disappointed that State and my favorite pirate couldn't take the Apple Cup, but Utah has been suddenly posing a threat 
and I've seen them play a couple of games. They've got a damn good squad. I think the Utes could take the Huskies. Okay, then. I didn't think any of us were going to pick that one. Nope. Give you some credit for some brass ones there, Eric. Jason? I had to unmute. Uh, I'm going Georgia over Bama because I hate Bama and I hate the SEC, but I'm taking the lesser of two evils. And I just want to see the college football final four just totally be so screwed up that they can't go nothing to do nothing but a playoff. Are you guys ready for this? Four different co-hosts, four different predictions. Really? Welcome. Texas hands Oklahoma its second neutral site loss of the season. Sam Ellinger once again steps up and puts Boomer down the Longhorns win the Big 12. Okay. okay. I, I could actually... There's a part of me that could see that one. I'm I just worried. That happen. Go ahead, Eric. Go ahead. Yeah. I'm just worried that uh, because of them getting throttled last in their last matchup, that the Sooners will be ready for the Longhorns this time. That the last matchup wasn't even a throttling. That was decided on a last-second kick. Well, true, but they still lost. I think a lot of what's going to... Well, not to mention Texas controlled most of that game. They were leading for most of that game. Mm -hmm. So I think it's going to come down to... Uh, I think it's going to come down to who wants it more. And right now, I think Texas wants to take it away from Oklahoma more than Oklahoma wants it. And we kind of talked about this, and I teased this while we were having this conversation in the group chat before the show tonight. Their quarterback isn't even committed to play football next year. Their quarterback, Kyler Murray, is leaving the Oklahoma organization in order to go become a professional baseball player with the Oakland Athletics. His heart's not into his heart is not into football. Sam Ellinger, he wants it, and he proved it in Red River. Red River Part Deux. I have no doubt that he'll prove it a second time. I'm just wondering why anyone would voluntarily want to play 80 games in a year in a stadium that's known for sewage backups. <laughs> Well, they'll be. Aren't they building a new stadium in like San Jose? They or is that still to, on the shelf? Yeah, that's pretty much been put on hold. Oh, Manfred wow. has said, "Oakland, yeah, you got to get it together because I want to expand." Mm -hmm. All right, let's move forward and go over to the National Football League side of things. Here, Brandon, you start us off. Uh, I was torn between two. I was hoping to go later to see if anyone would steal one of my picks so I could use the other one. Really? You're going to yell about people stealing your stuff? <laughs> no, 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 no. I was going to use it as a way to decide what which one I wanted to take. But 
I guess since no since I'm going first, I will take the Redskins over the Eagles. I looked at that one but decided I liked a different one more. Eric, you're up. Even with a little bit of a cursed coach joining the ranks, Cincinnati plus five over Denver. That was the other one that I was looking at. Jason? I'm going to take Sam Fran plus nine and a half at Seattle. How about this? Not only do we have different picks in college, we all have different picks in the NFL as well. Give me Minnesota plus five against New England. I thought about that one myself, but I'm like, do I really trust Kirk Cousins again? I don't like that. It concerns me in Foxborough. He is a notoriously bad road quarterback, but... This is a Vikings team with a solid defense. They proved that against Green Bay. And arguably two of the best wide receivers against a less than full strength New England secondary with Adam Thaline and Stefan Diggs. Not only could I see Minnesota covering, I could actually see Minnesota outright winning the game. And it's your national broadcast game for Sunday as well on Fox. I don't like that. <laughs> Although, thanks to Brandon, now we're not going to know the results of Are You Serious until Tuesday because he had to go and pick Monday Night Football. <laughs> thanks, Bisco! You're welcome. Grumble, grumble, sarcasm, grumble, grumble. Hey, we, this is just a Brandon gonna Brandon again. He finds ways. <laughs> you know what you should find a way to do? Listen to us next week here on the kickoff. Let's get some plugs in before we get out of here. Eric, go ahead. Uh, at Squid Sports Head on Twitter. If you're nice, I will uh, find a way to get you access to my dark Twitter. I can keep you posted on my different shenanigans going on the weekend. And uh, if a certain kind of fearless leader would actually come back, that way we could we do. You. <laughs> that way we could do shows like football to the max and soccer to the max again. <laughs> Just saying. Jason, where can they find you on Twitter? I'm not on Twitter. Twitter. You are too. Yeah, but I don't like I don't like everybody out there enough to tell them my damn Twitter handle. I don't I, like anybody. That's just why, all of them. That's why you do what I do when you have two Twitter handles. <laughs> one I can't two. keep up I can't keep up with one, much less two. That's that's probably fair, actually. Mm. But if I, you if you want to Find me on Twitter. It is at TurkeyGlue822. you got to figure out how to spell it if you're that skilled. <laughs> <laughs> Brandon, 
Brandon, have you talked to Cedric about the Raw review? Not yet. I need to... I should, I'll message him uh, sometime this week. At least try to get the shows back going on the road to the Royal Rumble if we're going to yes. do anything for WrestleMania or whatever. Yes. In addition, Brandon and I have something planned for you guys coming soon to the W2M Network as well once the kickoff is out of season. That will be how the war was won. A look back at Raw versus Nitro from 1995 until WCW's closing in March of 2001. We open with the first pay-per-views of that time frame. WWF's King of the... No, not King of the Ring. SummerSlam. WWF SummerSlam 1995 and the WCW Clash of the Champions for August of 1995. These are going to be painful to watch, aren't they? More than likely. <laughs> the things we do for other people's entertainment, Brandon. Mm-hmm. We are gluttons. That, that's because you're just doing the wrong things for other people's entertainment. You know what it is? It's for the brand here at WWE mm-hmm. Network. Ha! Suck it, Eric! <laughs> He's trying you know, to create his own brand. And where can people bet at, Eric? MyBookie.ag. <laughs> Again, you missed out on the Turkey Day free play, which, which that is all on you. I have tried telling you. One of the greatest punters of all time has tried telling you. I, I don't know what's wrong with y'all. But again, still for a limited time, mybook.ag, promo code PAT, 50% bonus on your first deposit. You bet sports. You bet politics. You can bet on the new Pope when Donald Trump will no longer be president. Will the Titanic 2 sink on its first ceiling? Come on yeah. now. How can you lose? I have yes for that, just because you don't disturb sleeping ghosts. But that's yeah, really. Anywho. Anywho. For Jason Teasley, Eric Watkins, and Brandon Biscobing, I'm Harry Broadhurst. This has been week 13 of The Kickoff here on the W2M Network. Available online at W2Mnet.com. Com. In addition, you can listen to us on all your favorite podcast listening devices: Hurt Radio, Stitcher, Spreaker, Podbean, Castbox. Hey, Brandon, guess what? Spotify is here. And Glacier's still a dick. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll catch you next Wednesday night for another episode of The Kickoff on the W2M Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.